Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. Um, inshallah, in today's uh, Sira session, we will cover uh, the conquest of Makkah, Fath Makkah. Uh, and uh, to um, to understand the, the whole, uh, the reason behind the, the conquest of Makkah and why it was triggered, uh, we have to remember the the treaty that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he signed with uh, uh, with uh, with, with uh, Meccans and uh, part of the treaty was one of the articles of the treaty was that uh, whoever was the ally of uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, uh, and whoever was the ally of uh, 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 of of the Quraysh they will not they will seize uh, any kind of uh, any kind of a, a fight between each other, they will not uh, have any kind of a war or battles with each other. Uh, and if any of them does that, that will break the treaty. Uh, and uh, that that's one aspect of it. Uh, and that that's the, the which was the main reason the uh, the treaty was uh, because uh, one of the tribes which was the ally of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, which was Banu Khuzaa, uh, 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 they were attacked by the uh, by by Banu Bakr was the they were the allies of the Quraysh and uh, it was not only that they were attacked by Banu Bakr but rather Banu Bakr were helped by the by, uh, by Quraysh uh, by providing the weapons and in some of in some instances some of the people uh, themselves also helped uh, in, in the in the battle against the Khuzaa now the Banu Khuza, um when we talk about that, uh, we should also remember that's the same tribe that uh, who helped uh, Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when uh, his uh, right to be the leader uh, of the Quraysh was usurped by uh, by his uh, uh, by by his uncle actually Nofal, and. Uh, uh, Banu Khuzaa actually they took the side of uh, uh, side of Bani Hashim uh, who was uh, uh, meaning uh, Abdul Muttalib and uh, this is why we, we will see that how they reminded Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam of the uh, of the uh, the treaty that they had and the alliances they had not only the Sulah Hudaybiyah uh, or the Treaty of Hudaybiyah but rather longer lasting alliance that the Khuzaa had with uh, with Bani Hashim. Now, uh, when it comes to uh, Hudaybiyah, it is important to remember that as well that Hudaybiyah, uh, after this uh, treaty, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he got busy with spreading Islam uh, outside of the Arabian Peninsula uh, uh, as well as before that spread of Islam outside the Arabian Peninsula, he secured. Uh, the internal uh, affairs of Medina and took care of all the internal threats which were around Medina, including the Jews and the Mushrikeen, uh, and the, and the Mushrikeen, and as well as uh, 
some of the munafiqeen as well. Now, <clears throat> on the other hand, when uh, Quraysh, they were able to go away from the, the, the wars and the battles they were having with Rasulullah they now had the chance of continuing their uh, capital loss or the loss that they were facing in trade uh, because of their trade routes were uh, blocked by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam towards uh, towards Syria. So now they were busy in uh, uh, taking care of the losses that they ha- uh, they had, uh, and Rasulullah sallallahu was uh, taking care of the purpose of of him being sent uh, being sent to this to this world, which was to take this message to the, to, to the whole world. So he was uh, busy with that, while the Quraysh were busy with that. Now, Banu Bakr. At that time, they thought of it, it's a good time that they are busy, so they attacked uh, Khuza'a. And uh, they, they attacked Khuza'a to the point, uh, and they attacked them during the night time. Uh, and they got some help from the Quraysh, as I mentioned, uh, as, uh, from the arms or in the weapons perspective, and some of the, the, uh, the, the people from Quraysh uh, themselves uh, individually, they helped as well. Now, but they attacked during the night time, they attacked them with the arrows, and uh, 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 now, now the Khuza'a, people of the Khuza'a, they took the uh, sanctuary in the Haram. They entered in, uh, into Haram. Now, uh, they were well aware of the bloodshed in the Haram is uh, Haram, even from, the, f- from their uh, understanding of the religion, whatever they were following. Uh, so now the, even the people of Banu Bakr themselves, they started talking to their leader, Nofal, and they said, uh, that uh, your 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 then he said a very big word like la ilaha ya bani bakr that uh, there is no ilah today o bani bakr uh, and he goes tharakum that uh, go and take your revenge uh, and uh, then he goes that uh, he goes, Umri by my life, uh, that you, uh, you steal in the haram. Aren't you going? To, and then he goes, aren't you going to take the revenge in it? So he pushed them to even go and do the bloodshed in the, in the haram as well. Now, uh, while all this was happening and they were able to, so on Banu uh, Khuza'a, they took refuge in Mecca, uh, at uh, at the house of Budel bin Waraqa and one of their freed slaves uh, houses they had over there. So now wh- when they took the refuge there, Amr bin uh, Salim Khuzai, he went to Medina now. To, he going to go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and uh, tell him about uh, tell him the situation uh, of uh, of Khuzai, what how Banu Bakr have uh, broken the treaty. When uh, when Amr uh, bin Salim, he reached Medina. Uh, Rasulullah was in Masjid Nabawi with the Sahaba. And uh, he started saying the Ash'ar uh, to remind Rasulullah of the covenant uh, that uh, uh, Rasulullah had with them. Not only that, about uh, he was talking about the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, rather he was reminding of the old covenant and the alliance they had with uh, Bani Hashim. Uh, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning of the talk, that uh, how Abdul Muttalib was uh, helped by uh, by uh, by, uh, by Khuzaa 
when his right of leadership of the Quraysh was usurped by Nawfal, one of his uncles, and uh, then not only Banu uh, Khuza'a, but of course his own uncle from his uh, mother's side, uh, from Banu Najjar, they came from Medina uh, with 80 horsemen, and they, uh, they helped Abdul Muttalib to take his uh, power back. Now, so they reminded Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Banu Khuza'a reminded Rasulullah of uh, that covenant that they had. And not only that, they reminded, they told him about the whole situation that happened, and they go, وَقَتَلُونَ رُكْعًا وَسَسُجَّدًا That they killed us while we were in the state of ruku' and sujood, uh, while we were bowing down and prostrating. Meaning, they were saying we were Muslims, and they killed us in that state. Now, uh, when Rasulullah wasallam uh, found out about this, and he was told that they were looking for some besides that they have violated the treaty, but they are looking for some sort of uh, uh, some some de- some de- demands need to be fulfilled from by, by the Quraysh, which were they say either to pay the blood money for all the people they were killed from Khuzaa, or terminate the alliance with Banu Bakr, uh, or consider a truce to have been nullified, meaning the treaty which is there that's uh, that's completely gone. Now. Uh, now, when uh, when uh, uh, Amr bin Salim, so he approached Rasulullah and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he started preparing uh, for the conquest of of Mecca. Besides that, so there are a couple of other things uh, need to be mentioned, so we have a uh, better picture of it. Uh, besides Amr bin Salim, uh, Budail bin Waraka also he came to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as well. To give him the situation of uh, of the uh, of what happened between Banu Khuzaa and Banu Bakr. Now uh, Quraysh realized uh, right away when the the situation occurred that uh, this can be problematic for themselves as well, and uh, so they 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 gathered right away all the leaders and they approached Abu Sufyan and they told Abu Sufyan to go back to go to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and somehow uh, mend this treaty or mend the situation that the uh, problem that has, uh, has happened uh, go ahead and uh, uh, make a new treaty or renew the treaty somehow so while uh, Abu Sufyan was on his way to Medina uh, in, uh, at a place called Usfan he ran into Budail bin, uh, Budail bin Waraka who was coming back from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam so he asked Budail, and Budail did not go alone, he went with a group of people. So he asked Budail that uh, where was he coming from, why was he there in Osfan? And uh, he gave him a run-around kind of answer. He said he was there just to see, just to go to the, the, to the beach and uh, to, to go into the valley that they were visiting there. Now, then uh, Abu Sufyan directly asked him the question, if he met Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, did you see Muhammad? And his response, Budel's response was no. So he declined. He did not give him the answer uh, that he met Rasulullah. And, uh, <clears throat> but Abu Sufyan did not accept, he did not trust his, uh, his answer. So he, uh, he, he waited for, uh, uh, for Budel to move away from his path, meaning his, uh, with his camels. And when the camels were moved, he checked uh, uh, the, we call the maneuver of the camel. So he 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 looked into uh, into that if he can see if the, these camels came from Medina or not. Because from that uh, maneuver, they can tell that if uh, uh, if the camels ate 
the fodder which is made up from the crushed seeds of Medina. And he found that. And uh, we have discussed this kind of a uh, thing that uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the past also, that how people could tell from what kind of a, uh, the, the food that camels were fed on, they can tell which area they were coming from. So here, from Medina, Medina was famous for that kind of a fodder that they used to crush the, the seeds of the dates and they used to feed the animals. So uh, he realized that uh, the situation is get, getting out of control. So he went to Rasulullah as he was on his way already. So before he, he, he rather than going directly to Rasulullah he went to his daughter's house, who was the wife of Rasulullah Umm Habiba, radiallahu anha. So he went to uh, her house, and uh, when he wanted to sit on the mattress of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, she started folding up the mattress, and she did not want his uh, her father Abu Sufyan to sit on the mattress of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Abu Sufyan, who was the leader of the the Quraysh, she goes, "My daughter, uh, I hardly knew if you think the mattress is too good for me, or that I am too good for the for the mattress." She replied, it is the, it is, uh, the, the, the mattress of Rasulullah and you are an unclean mushrik. So that was uh, something uh, astonishing for Abu Sufyan and he got disgusted from that reply and uh, he stepped out of uh, her room or hujra and uh, to see Rasulullah So before that, so he, uh, he wanted to get some uh, uh, so he went to Rasulullah and Rasulullah when he uh, saw Abu, Suf- Abu Sufyan he did not want to talk to him and uh, he did not uh, give him any kind of assurance about renewal of the treaty so he, he kept it silent and he did not give him any kind of a, uh, answer to give him any hope about uh, uh, about the breaking of the treaty would, would not give them would not be would not hurt the Makkans at all. So he did not say anything like that. Uh, then Abu, Abu, Abu Sufyan realized that uh, the Rasulullah did not give him any kind of a positive response, so he went to Abu Bakr. And uh, Abu Bakr uh, also declined to interfere in any kind of a situation like this. If Rasulullah has said, did not reply to him, Abu Bakr did not want to get in the middle either. And then he went to Umar al-Khattab and Umar, uh, his answer was point blank, he refused. Uh, then uh, then uh, Abu Sufyan went to Ali radiallahu anh, and Fatima uh, anha. Uh, and Ali uh, also gave in a, in a nice humble manner but he, he refused also to uh, uh, to help him in any sense uh, then he asked even Fatima and Fatima he asked in a way of even he asked why don't you ask the, the Hassan anh, who was in her lap why don't you ask him to intercede for, 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 for Abu Sufyan. And Fatima declined uh, to, to do any of this, and uh, she also mentioned that uh, he's a child. Uh, anyways, so now Abu Sufyan, he did not get any kind of a positive response from Rasulullah and the Sahaba that he was hoping they might uh, help him to convince Rasulullah to renew the treaty. So he went back. And uh, uh, Taburi actually also mentions uh, the similar uh, similar story about how he came and how, how, how Banu Khuzar sent uh, Amr bin Salim and, uh, and Budail. But uh, uh, besides that, uh, Taburi mentions that what Rasulullah did was uh, he, before even 
before Imam Ahmad bin Suhail came, he was uh, he was told about the breaking of the treaty, and uh, he uh, asked Aisha radiallahu anha to start the preparation. Uh, uh, and uh, related to the breachment of the, the uh, of the of the treaty. Now, <clears throat> uh, when Abu Bakr visited Aisha and he saw that, and this was about three days before Amr came. When uh, uh, Abu Bakr came to Aisha and he asked, "What's going on? What Rasulullah is preparing for?" Because it was not a time to go for any kind of a battle or anything. But Aisha did not want to leak any uh, any kind of a news that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not want her, uh, uh, the news to be leaked, so she, she did declined of any uh, of the information she's aware of. So, uh, and this is one of the things to be aware of, that uh, uh, to keep the secret if that needs to be kept is one important thing. Second is, if when uh, uh, Rasulullah used to uh, attack the enemy, he used to, uh, most of the times he used to keep uh, uh, the, uh, where, he was go where he was heading, uh, as a secret, and he would not tell uh, people about which direction and who, against whom they were heading. Uh, to, so, to get the enemy in a way that he would not be aware of, so the news would not leak out. Now, <clears throat> but uh, uh, because of the, uh, the the treaty was broken, uh, Meccans were expecting now Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would attack. But it, it still, then Aisha did not uh, give any uh, information to Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu then uh, <clears throat> Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, what he did was, he sent uh, uh, a small, if I call it, a small, uh, uh, a small army. Uh, it's not really army, but like for forty, uh, there were about eight, uh, eight people who were sent uh, under the leadership of Qatada bin Rabi'ah, uh, like a platoon, you want to call it. So in the direction of uh, Adam. Now the purpose of sending them in the direction of Adam was which was not too far from Medina, to, <clears throat> to uh, kind of uh, distract the enemy, so enemy would not know that Rasulullah is actually preparing to come out towards Mecca with a bigger army. So the small uh, uh, battle is happening on one side, so it will divert the attention of the people. So the, so the Meccans would not know that Rasulullah is heading towards them. Now, <clears throat> while Rasulullah was preparing the army, one of the Sahabi, one of the Sahaba, uh, Hatib bin uh, Abi Balta' radiallahu an, and he was a Sahabi who was uh, uh, who also attended Ghazbat uh, uh, Badr. Now, uh, we, we know of there are many hadith about the blessings of the people who attended the Badr, who fought in the Badr, that uh, their, their sins are forgiven, they are the people of the Jannah, and uh, on and on. There are many good, good things, or glad tidings were mentioned about them. And Hatib bin Abi Balta' radiallahu an was one of them. And um, uh, what he did, he had some family members still uh, residing in Mecca. And uh, uh, his family was weak. And he wanted to get some sort of a help for his family in a manner that he, wa he wanted to warn the Quraysh that Rasulullah is heading towards Mecca. And uh, the purpose was so this way his family uh, may be protected and they will not hurt the, the family of Hatib. Now, <clears throat> when Rasulullah was told through the wahi about what Hatib did, so he uh, summoned Hatib and he asked him, Oh Hatib, Rasulullah said, I have, uh, uh, he said, what's going on? And uh, his response about that was, I have no affinity of blood with Quraysh. Uh, there's only a kind of friendly 
the relationship between them and myself. My family is at Mecca and there is no one to, took after, uh, to look after it or to offer protection to it. My position stands in striking co uh, contrast to that of the refugees whose families are secure due to their blood ties with, uh, with Quraysh. Talking about the Muhajireen, that they have good uh, ties, so they, they may be safe. But about talking about his own family, I felt, and he says, I felt that since I am not related to them, I should, for the safety of my children, earn their gratitude by doing good to them. I swear by Allah that I have not done this act as an apostate, meaning uh, rejecting the deen, uh, forsaking Islam. I was prompted only by the consideration I have just explained. Now, uh, Hatib bin uh, Abi Balta, he was, uh, uh, he came out sincerely, clearly, cleanly to say, to give his position that uh, he's not the one who have rejected Islam or want to do something against Islam or Rasulullah rather he was doing this action to protect his own family. <clears throat> now, when Umar al-Khattab when he found out about this, so Umar right away and he said that uh, uh, he wanted to cut off the, the, the head of uh, Hatib and uh, Rasulullah stopped him and uh, he granted Hatib uh, pardon. And uh, he told uh, uh, Umar, Hatib is one of, uh, one of those who fought in the battle of Badr. How do you know that he is a hypocrite? Why have you, because he called, he said, let me cut off the head of the hypocrite. So, so how do you know that he's a hypocrite? Allah is likely to look favorably on those who participated in that battle. And turning to Hatib and he said, do as you please for I have forgiven you. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he forgave uh, Hatib. Now, <clears throat> after that, he did not just leave uh, the situation as is, rather, he sent uh, Ali and Miqdad, radiallahu anhuma, two of the Sahaba, to look for that woman with whom Hatib sent the letter towards the Quraysh. So he told them that you will go to that specific place and you will find the woman and search the woman, she would have the letter. Now, when they, they found the woman at the place that Rasulullah told them, uh, she refused that she has any kind of uh, information that she is carrying for Hatib. To, for the Quraysh. And uh, Ali and Miqdad, they continue to uh, ask her, investigate her, but she was not going to give the letter. Upon which uh, she was told that if she does not give the letter that was given, uh, that she's carrying, that they may uh, strip her. Upon which uh, she took out the letter that was hidden in her locks and gave it to gave it back to give it to Ali and Miqdad. And they brought it back to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now after that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he had made the full preparation and that was in the month of Ramadan, uh Rasulullah left with uh, with ten thousand soldiers uh, on the tenth of Ramadan and the eighth year of the Hijrah. Now we should remember that this is the eighth year of Hijrah, uh, and Rasulullah was going to perform the Umrah in the sixth year of Hijrah when the Treaty of Hudaybiyah happened. So that's actually less than two years between the treaty and when Rasulullah started his journey for the uh, conquest of Mecca. And in the time of uh, Umrah, he had about 1400 uh, Sahaba along with him. Well, while now, when he was heading towards Mecca, he had 10,000 uh, soldiers along with him. That shows the 
the the benefits and the uh, the plus side of the treaty that Rasulullah and Sahaba uh, uh, achieved the, during this time of peace and the treaty that happened between the Muslims and uh, and the and the Meccans, and uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, and when Rasulullah he uh, he reached the the location which is called Al Abwa, uh, he came across Abu Sufyan bin Al Harith and Abdullah bin Umayyah. Uh, uh, and Rasulullah, uh, and they were the, the uh, Abu Abdullah bin Ubayyah was a cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that both of them used to harm Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam very harshly. Uh, there are two different reports talk about it. At what, what point Abu Sufyan became Muslim? One of the reports said at the, at the place of Abwa, where when Rasulullah sallallahu met him and uh, Ali intervened and uh, talked to Abu Sufyan and told him how to. Uh, uh, talk to Rasulullah Sallallahu Rasulullah Sallallahu was turning his face away. He was not talking to him, and uh, so he told him like uh, then then recite this that uh, which is uh, uh, Surah Yusuf when uh, uh, the, the the brothers of Yusuf alayhi salatu wasalam they talked to Rasulullah Sallallahu uh, to to uh, talk talk to Yusuf alayhi salam. And they said, by Allah, indeed Allah has preferred you above us, and we certainly have been sinners. So, meaning, uh, ask for forgiveness from Rasulullah and that's what Ali hinted to uh, Abu Sufyan. And Rasulullah replied the same way as Yusuf replied, as, uh, as Yusuf والسلام, said, uh, which is mentioned Surah Yusuf, قَالَ لَا تَثْرِيبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْيَوْمِ يَغْفِرُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ وَهُوَ أَرْحَمُ الرَّحِمِينَ That he said, that is, there's no uh, reproach to, on you this day. May Allah forgive you. And he is the most merciful of those who show mercy. So uh, after that, Abu Sufyan became Muslim. The other report talks a little bit differently. Uh, but I mean, either way, he came into the folds of Islam uh, during the time of Fatah Makkah, before the conquest even started. Now, when the Muslims started uh, going towards uh, uh, the place which is called Al-Qadid, uh, uh, where water was available and there was a month of Ramadan, Muslims were fasting. At that spot, uh, actually, they broke the fast. And uh, they, uh, they moved towards, uh, which is called Mar al-Dahran. Uh, and the Quraysh, they were still unaware of the situation that the army of Rasulullah was approaching. So, Rasulullah here, he ordered the Sahaba to actually uh, 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 light all their stoves, to so light up the uh, fire. Now, lighting up the fire, 10,000 soldiers are there. When they light up the fire, that can uh, make the, the, the Quraysh aware uh, of two things. One, the presence of Rasulullah and two, army of such a big number. It's not a small number that is approaching, that was approaching Mecca. Uh, and they were very close to Mecca at that time. Uh, and Rasulullah intentionally wanted to do that because he did not want to, he wanted to reduce the bloodshed uh, as much as possible uh, while the con uh, conquering Mecca. Uh, and this way they can see the power of, uh, uh, of the army of Rasulullah and they would give up. And uh, <clears throat> the, uh, so other stories, say, uh, other uh, report talks about that is Abu Sufyan uh, along with Hakim bin Hazam and Budail bin Waraqa, uh, they uh, he came to, to the camp of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and uh, they met Abbas radiyallahu an because Abbas also came to uh, Rasulullah sallallahu at the at the place of Abwa with his family and met Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam there. Now when he met uh, Abbas, 
Abu Sufyan, uh, and he, he, he told him, Abu Abbas told him about the situation uh, to Abu Sufyan, uh, how uh, Rasulullah the army is approaching towards Mecca. Now, uh, the, the purpose was so they will back out and they will, uh, they will not fight with Rasulullah at this point because now the army was way too close to Mecca. Now, uh, Abu Sufyan, uh, he went, he wanted to meet Rasulullah and uh, Muslims were very furious and uh, they did not want to, uh, they, they, now want, they, they actually want to kill Abu Sufyan because they were aware of his previous uh, uh, stance against Rasulullah and the Muslims. So this is, as I'm saying, this is other uh, report that's talking about before Abu Sufyan became Muslim. Now, so uh, Rasulullah said to Abu Sufyan, uh, woe to you, isn't it time for you to, hear, uh, to bear witness to the oneness of Allah and Prophet uh, of uh, Muhammad uh, and Prophet, uh, Prophet Now, uh, now the, the, this enemy of Islam began to besiege Rasulullah in the most earnest words that testifies to the Prophet's generosity and mild temper, uh, and he he, uh, he he entered into the uh, faith of Islam. Now, into the fault of Islam. Now, besides uh, him, uh, the other Muslims wanted to uh, kill him. Abu Suf uh, Umar al-Khattab was also uh, uh, was being very, very tough against Abu Sufyan before he became a, uh, became a Muslim. But uh, when he, he became a Muslim, and uh, then Umar al-Khattab actually back out at that time. And he actually mentioned that, uh, that he would love him to become uh, a Muslim uh, because Rasulullah would love him become Muslim more than his own father because Rasulullah would love him to become Muslim. Okay, then on the, on the morning of the 17th of Ramadan, uh, eighth year of the Hijrah, Rasulullah left the area which is called uh, Mar al-Dahran. And uh, uh, Al-Abbas uh, Al was uh, uh, ordered to detain Abu Sufyan uh, uh, over there. And uh, while the army of the Muslims were passing by, and the army of uh, of the Muslim was uh, passing by in uh, in groups by groups with the different uh, tribes were passing, and uh, every tribe that would pass uh, Abu Sufyan would not know who those people were, and he would ask who those people are, uh, uh, who those people are, and Abbas would tell him who those people were, uh, and. Uh, uh, one by one, each tribe was going. The purpose was to show the strength of the Muslims uh, to, Ab uh, to Abu Sufyan. So Abu Sufyan would go back to his people and warn the, his own people as well about that. And, uh, and after, at the end, Rasulullah were passed with, along with Al-Ansar and uh, Al-Muhajirin. And uh, uh, one of the flags was given to Sa'ad ibn Ubadah and uh, he was uh, actually he was leading the uh, the, the ansar and sa'ad bin ubadah radiyallahu anhum he uh, when he passed by abu sufyan he said to, to him today we will uh, today will witness the great fight you cannot seek sanctuary in al kaaba and uh, today will witness the humiliation of quraysh now abu sufyan complained to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam about that and rasulullah sallallahu said no, today Al-Kaaba will be sanctified and Quraysh will be honored. And quickly, uh, and Rasulullah ordered that Sa'ad ibn Ubadah 
to uh, to be stripped away from the flag that he was carrying. And according to one of the reports, the the, uh, the flag was given to his son, and the other reports also well, was given to Zubair ibn Awam. Uh, either way, uh, Zubair. It doesn't matter who it was given to. Main idea was that Saad ibn Abada. Well, the flag was taken away from Saad ibn Abada because the kind of a remarks he made that could have incited the unnecessary bloodshed that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was uh, tr- uh, trying to avoid. Now, when uh, uh, Abbas urged uh, Sufyan to go to Mecca, hurry up, go ahead of them, and warned the, uh, the, the, the Quraysh that they should not fight. When uh, when uh, Sufyan entered there and uh, and also uh, Abu Sufyan asked, uh, sorry, Abu Abbas asked Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that Abu Sufyan is a man of uh, pride, he was a leader, give him something. So uh, when Rasulullah was entering Mecca, so he said, okay, then whoever entered into the house of Abu Sufyan, he will be secured, he will be safe, he will will have the aman. Uh, uh, And whoever entered in his own house, close the doors, he will be safe. Whoever entered into the haram, he will be safe. Uh, So, uh, but besides that, uh, Abbas told Abu Sufyan, that go and warn the people so they will not uh, uh, fight in real, uh, uh, so there will be no bloodshed happens but when he went to his wife and he told her about this uh, about the army of Rasulullah how big it is and we, we should not be fighting the, about that uh, his wife Hind she got angry at her husband and uh, she uh, she held his, uh, his mustache and started cursing at him and calling him coward, uh, uh, and his stance was cowardice. But uh, uh, Abu Sufyan, then he mentioned to them how they can get the safety, either they enter into their house, Abu Sufyan's house, and they said, Abu Sufyan's, your house is not enough for all the people. So he said, also, Rasulullah said, to enter into your own house and close the door or uh, go to the haram. Uh, and the people start going back to their houses or towards the haram and start closing the doors. Now, uh, there were some people who uh, still wanted to go and fight, that included uh, Ikrma bin Abi Jahl, uh, Safwan bin Umayyah, and uh, Suhail bin Amr. And uh, they, they wanted to go and fight, uh, uh, or at least they had the intent to fight uh, Rasulullah and Sahaba. And they were very few in number. Uh, and when Rasulullah uh, he, uh, he was quietly and, um, uh, and, and calmly, he was, uh, he, he was coming along with his, uh, with, with his military, with his army of, of the Muslims. And uh, uh, during that time, he also appointed Khalid bin Walid as one of the leaders of the, uh, of the flanks. The right flank was given to Khalid bin Walid. And there were multiple tribes were under him that included Aslam, Sulaim, Ghafar, uh, Muzayna, and, uh, and Juhayna. Uh, uh, while uh, Zubayr bin Awam was leading the left flank and uh, he was coming from uh, was stormed from uh, uh, from Mecca from the upper side holding up Rasulullah's uh, banner and uh, Abu Ubaidah took the command of the infantry and was to penetrate into the city uh, directly from the valley and they were all given full and decisive orders uh, the orders were not taken unless in self-defense, in the case they would ex- uh, exterminate any aggressive elements. So the idea was not initiate the war, even in this uh, whole situation, because Muslims were in control, uh, and uh, and the and the Meccans they basically uh, they gave up, 
and uh, but there was still a chance that uh, there may be some people they might try to fight and for that they were allowed to fight see uh, uh, in general uh, it is haram to uh, to fight in haram of course uh, if somebody initiates in that case you have to fight back uh, and also Allah mentioned one of the hadith mentioned that that if somebody tries to initiate the uh, the battle and quote the Rasulullah uh, also fought in the, the time of uh, Fatah Makkah Rasulullah said that even for him it was only that uh, small period of time that uh, it was made halal to bloodshed uh, otherwise it was not allowed for Rasulullah as well to fight in the haram now uh, when uh, then Rasulullah وسلم, uh, when he entered into the Kaaba uh, and uh, uh, he, he found that there were about 360 idols were there and Rasulullah he started uh, taking down those idols and while he was taking down the idols he was reciting the ayah and, and say truth uh, or the, the haq is, is he, uh, has, has come and the battle has been destroyed uh, and indeed the battle is uh, bound to be to, to be destroyed or vanished. Uh, similarly, Allah Azza wa Jal talks about this uh, the, uh, the, the similar concept as "Qul al wa 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 Muhammad the, the 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 truth has come and batil uh, can neither create anything nor resurrect anything. Uh, uh, now, Rasulullah entered into the uh, into the Kaaba, and when he was entering into Kaaba, he uh, he took the key from uh, Uthman bin Talha radiallahu an, who, uh, who already became Muslim uh, along with uh, uh, Khalid bin Walid and Amr bin As, and uh, he took the, the keys from him. Uh, but uh, the key was actually given back to Uthman bin Talha radiallahu an, uh, to be the key, uh, key keeper of uh, of the uh, of the Kaaba. And uh, that key was given to him and his family uh, until the day of judgment. And uh, uh, until now, the key is uh, in the hands of the Uthman bin Talha's family. Uh, for past 1400 years, it's been going on like this. <clears throat> so when Rasulullah entered into the Kaaba, he found that there were images of, uh, of prophets, including Ibrahim and Ismail, والسلام, were inside the Kaaba, and besides that, there were uh, some other things, including there was uh, a dove made up of wood, which Rasulullah broke it, and all those images and uh, statues they were inside, they were removed and destroyed. <coughs> and uh, uh, and uh, besides that, when Rasulullah uh, when he uh, when he then he approached the people of the of the Mecca. And uh, then he, uh, he addressed to them and he said, "There is no, uh, there is no ilah, la ilaha illallah." Uh, he has uh, and he made good his promise that he held to his slave and helped him and defeated all the uh, confederates of uh, Ahzab along. Bear in mind that every claim of privilege, whether that of blood or property, is under my heel, except that of the custody of Al Kaaba and supplying of water to the pilgrims. Bear in mind that for anyone who is slain, even uh, even though semi-deliberately with uh, with any stick or a whip, for, for him the blood money is very severe. A hundred camels, 40 of them to the, uh, to, 40 of them to be pregnant. 
Now then Rasulullah Sallallahu recited the ayah, Ya ayyuhan nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakaram wa untha, wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila litaarafu, inna akramakum inda Allah adhaqakum, inna Allah alimun khabir, O mankind. We have created you for a male and, uh, from a male and a female, uh, and made you into nations and tribes, so, so you recognize each other. And indeed in front of Allah Azza wa Jal, the one who has honor is the one who has taqwa, and indeed Allah is the one who, who has knowledge, uh, he's all-knowing and all-aware. And then he said, ask the people, then he goes, O oh, people of Quraysh, what do you think of the treatment that I am about to accord you? They replied, that you are a, son, you are a noble brother and a son of a uh, noble brother. We expect nothing but goodness from you. Then Rasulullah said the same thing as uh, uh, Yusuf wasalam, said to his brother, and he says, rahimin." I speak to you in the same words as Yusuf uh, uh, spoken to his brothers. He said, "No reproach on you this day. Uh, go your way, for you, uh, for you are freed, uh, are freed ones." Um, so, uh, uh, inshallah, what we'll do is we'll stop at this spot when Rasulullah gave the small talk, and uh, he took the answers back from uh, the, the Quraysh uh, about uh, his treatment towards them. Uh, we will continue the Fatah Makkah from here on and uh, talk about the lessons learned from Fatah Makkah, inshallah, in uh, next week's uh, talk. If there is any uh, questions or comments, inshallah, I will take the questions and comments. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.